Wealth, security, and opportunity are a byproduct of success. However, it often comes at the expense of deep personal satisfaction and happiness. This is the Design Your Destiny podcast, and I am your host, Penny Chason, board-certified hypnotist and number one international best-selling author. I work with the highly successful influencers, business leaders, corporate leaders who desire a life by design. In this podcast, I will bring to you succinct solo episodes and interviews that dissect the challenges of success and highlights the ways to leverage your most underutilized asset, your subconscious mind. If you desire peace and happiness in your life, better health and stronger relationships so you can enjoy the success that you have created, keep listening because this podcast is for you. everybody, let's talk about a very uncomfortable subject today. Let's talk about money. Now, you often hear me talk about working with highly successful people, and I do not define success with the number of zeros in a bank account. However, the definition of success is, you know, achieving one's goals, setting a milestone and achieving it. That's success. So whether you went into business and you hit your first five-figure month, that's a success. When you hit your first multi-five-figure month, that's a success. If you do six-figure months, that's a success. If you make six figures a freaking minute, that is a level of success. So we get to choose and define what our success looks like, but we often cringe and pull back when people talk about their success in terms of money, okay? And I'm all about service. If I did not get paid a penny, I would still do what I do today because I love to do it. However, let's be honest, we start a business so that we can have freedom. We start a business so that we can have control over our time. We start a business so that we have choice and air fingers quote control if you're listening and you're not watching the video so that we have control over our future. We have control over our destiny. And depending on what we want that to look like, there is a metric of money that is associated with that level of success. So I used to be someone who would say what a lot of people say, oh, the money doesn't matter. Bullshit. The money does matter because even though money is simply energy, it's nothing more than a medium of exchange. You have to have money to pay rent. You have to have money to eat. You have to have money to provide your children with the experiences that you want them to have. So when people say, oh, no, it's not about the money. It's about the service. I just call flat out bullshit on that because it's not true. At the end of the day, we have to have a way to support ourselves. So the money is very important. But going back to success and money, my definition of success has changed. And for me, initially, I wanted just to replace my anesthesia income. But I find great joy in giving to other people. I find great joy in surprising people with gifts, in 
maybe going to the grocery store and walking around and finding someone and surprising them by paying for their groceries. I love to support organizations. I support Thorn. If you're not familiar with Thorn, I'll make sure they put the link at the pod, bottom of the podcast show notes. Thorn.org is an organization that exists solely for the purpose of taking down sex trafficking sites on the dark web. It's something I'm very passionate about. And once I realized last year, I had the opportunity to work with a coach. His name is Joe DiMaria. And he really opened my eyes to the possibility of what I could do with my business. So not just my business to consumer piece, but there is a business to business component that I can develop based off my expertise in nursing and anesthesia that's all tied in together. And it really got me to thinking about what was possible. And I I remember thinking, well, I don't need that much money. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. That is, that's a story. Because if I'm saying I don't need that much money, then when opportunities come my way, subconsciously, I might discount the importance of that um, opportunity. I might dismiss the potential impact of something because here's what I'll tell you. Someone posed this question. And when I sat down and I really thought about like, what would I do? They basically said, if I gave you $20 million dollars, what would you do with that money? And I thought, okay, sure, there are a lot of things I could buy. There are some things I would buy, but I'm not a very material person. So what would I do with $20 million? And I live in rural Mississippi. If this is your first time listening, I live in rural Mississippi. I'm about an hour and 15 minutes from the closest Whole Foods or grocery stores that don't carry just like really generic fruits and vegetables and that kind of thing. So if I want to have good groceries, if I want fresh seafood, I have to drive over an hour to get it to just give you that perspective. But within our town, um, I reached out at one point and asked if there was a food pantry, because when I lived in Connecticut, the food pantry was literally around the corner. There were four different grocery store chains within 10 miles of my house. And I used to be one of these uh, people and I still would. Okay, so let me just get this out here. I would still do this if I had access to close grocery stores, but I would coupon because I had teenage boys. Uh, We had a second piece of property. We were saving money uh, to put down to build a, a mountain cabin. So I started couponing. And what I found was there were things that I could get for free with these coupons, but we wouldn't eat them, right? It's stuff that we wouldn't eat. And I could also save a lot of money. It was not unusual for me to go in and get four or $500 worth of groceries for under $110. So what I did was when I got these coupons and there was a potential to save a lot of money and stack these things, I would buy things for the food bank. And I actually went and visited the food bank one day and I talked to them. I said, what is it that you need that people typically do not buy. She goes, well, everybody brings us tuna, peanut butter, noodles, and ragu sauce, right? And she's like, these are the things we need. And she gave me a list. So 
when I would do my grocery shopping and I would do my couponing, I would do it with that in mind. Well, in Mississippi, I reached out, I started asking around, it's like in my hometown, I'm like, do we have a food pantry? And there is a food pantry of sorts, but not really. Uh, every two weeks, they serve about 400 to 450 families. And what happens is people donate at the grocery store and, and uh, a gentleman at the grocery store is connected to the pantry and they put together bags of groceries for people from the grocery store. And as I was talking to this woman and, you know, she's like, well, I would love your perspective um, having been connected to a food pantry. So in the new year, I'm hoping to connect with them and volunteer with them on Tuesdays to kind of get to know the people and see what's going on. But what she told me is there are a lot of people in rural Mississippi who don't have a stove that works. They may have one hot burner or they may have a crock pot. Um, you know, their refrigerator might work, but their freezer doesn't. So it really limits the kinds of food that they make available to people. And so when I was at the grocery store one day, I decided to take a peek into one of these grocery bags and see know what's here for people to eat and even though they had some canned vegetables and some canned fruit a lot of food that was in that bag it's stuff that's loaded in sodium it's loaded in preservatives it's just full of things that aren't healthy for people so when I was looking at this if I had 20 million dollars what would I do my dream would be to take a chunk of that money and invest it and then take a million or two dollars and establish a rural mobile food bank and then take the money that's invested and allow the interest off of those investments continue to feed back into the mobile rural food bank so you know when I sit here and I I hear people talk about you know making multi-millions dollars multi eight figures rather than um, you know, getting into my stuff about it. Instead, I think, you know what, I, I can't wait to have that much money. I, I'm ready for it now because this is what I want to do. It has a purpose to serve. And if you're someone who's listening to this podcast and you're not circulating, you're not having conversations with people who are in the sphere of making multi-seven, multi-eight figures, every single person I've had the opportunity to connect with or I follow and I listen to them, they all have a passion, they all have a purpose. And so when we get into this thing of nobody needs that much money, you know, I don't need that, nobody needs that much money, well, just kind of reverse it for a moment and say, okay, you don't need that much money, but how much could you impact the world if you had that much available revenue to put things back out into the world, what impact could you create? So actually, when you're looking at, when you look at it, creating wealth is service. Creating wealth is service because when you create wealth, you have to hire people. You're providing jobs for people that provides food for their families, healthcare for their families, depending on the size and the scope of what it is that you're doing. And so I want us to really take a moment and think about what are the stories that we have around money? Do we believe it's evil to have money? Are people with money greedy? 
do they do bad things? Now, just going to that whole element is that good character is not reserved to any one class of people and bad character traits is not reserved to any one class of people. It is these stories that we tell ourselves that get us caught up in this trap of this group of people is good, this group of people is bad, right? So if you're in, if you're wanting to grow your business, if you're wanting to break through income plateaus, these are things that you want to address because the stories that we carry, what our parents told us about money, what the church has taught us about money, vows of poverty, what society teaches us about money. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of people who don't believe in capitalism, but, you know, being able to create money allows people to create foundations, to fund charities, to donate money, to create jobs. And it allows that flow of cash to occur. So what has other people told you about money? Did you grow up in a home where your parents were never available to you because they were always working, right? Were your parents always working? Did you have one parent who worked, another one who owned a business, and it was always feast or famine in the business? You know, say it was construction or you know, there was some other seasonal business where the money ebbed and flowed and it created stress in the house. Did a parent get laid off and lose a job? And for a period of time, money was tight. Parents worried about money or there can be simple singular events that have emotional impact that influence your money stories. It influences your money consciousness. And that can be something like, um, say you give someone a gift, you give someone a gift and they judge that gift or you receive a gift and that gift has strings attached to it. You know, um, you can have a new bicycle, but if you do this, I'll take it away. So in the moment of giving, there's a string attached to it. So maybe you learn that, okay, I, I, I can get gifts from people, I can receive from people, but there are strings attached to it. This happens across the world every single day. We get told if you want to have a stable job, if you want to make good money, you have to go to college. And I was having this conversation with someone the other day about most of the people that I know who make multi-seven figures or more most of them, not all of them, didn't finish college. Now, does that mean that the majority of entrepreneurs who are multi-seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs, billionaires, does that mean that the majority of them are, don't have a college education? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the circle of people that I circulate in, there is a large component of that. So it proves that entire premise to be false. So if you have assumptions around what it takes to earn an income at that level, what it is that you need, I invite you to really look at your stories, look at your past experiences. If you catch yourself, because this is when we call it the Freudian slip, right? But that's really the subconscious mind that's giving us a little wink. It's like, hey, I'm here, I'm in control. You think 
you're in control, but let me tell you, I'm in control. But we can have a Freudian slip that, you know, it's something like, you know, it's just, it's just too much. Why would anybody buy a thousand dollar pair of sneakers? It's too much. So where that comment comes from is when I was in LA a couple of weeks ago, I made a point of going to Rodeo Drive and didn't go to shop. I made a point to go so that I could confront my money stories. My only awareness of Rodeo Drive is Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman, but I decided I'm going to go. I'm going to see what comes up for me, what stories come up, what feelings come up so I can squash it, right? Because without awareness, we don't know that it's there. And I went into the Gucci store and um, fell in love with the purses first off. But I was looking at the sneakers and I fell in love with this pair of sneakers. And other than the fact that they were canvas, not leather, and they had Gucci colors and Gucci designs. They remind me of my Adidas Stan Smiths I used to wear in high school. But I really liked these sneakers. They were just as cute as they could be. And I picked them up and I love the way they felt. And they're $1,050. I can tell you that at some point soon, I will buy those sneakers because I really like them. But I'm really not a materialistic person. But I like those. And because I like them, I'm, I'm going to get them. Now, there was a lot of stuff in there that... It just wouldn't be for me. And if I could buy it, I, I wouldn't buy it. But my next stop was Cartier. And it was interesting. You go in the door, for anyone who's never been to a store like Cartier, you go in the door, you have to go to the, um, to the little desk and just let them know that you're there. And, and they tell you, that, you know, if you need anything to come back to them, they'll get a salesperson to help you. But that's, they didn't call it a salesperson. They just said they would get someone to assist you. And I'm sure somewhere in the vicinity, there's probably a little hidden camera to get a really good look at your face, you know. But either way, I went around and I looked and I found this necklace. And I, I was like, you know, part of me was like, ah, oh, you know, you know, you're not going to buy it. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to ask to try it on. Because even if I had the $129,000 to spend on this necklace. That's what it costs. Even if I had that $129,000, I would not spend that $129,000 on that necklace. I would just choose to put my money to what I would consider a better use than that piece of jewelry. But they went and got the guy. He came out, he put on his white cotton gloves. He took it out of the case, put it around my neck. And he very joyfully took a picture of me wearing it so that I would have it. And when I asked him how much it was, it's funny. I felt nothing in my body. When he said it's $129,000, I felt nothing. But I did say to him, I said, you know, I said, there's one other piece of jewelry that I would like to look at. I want to be respectful of your time. So if you have someone who is waiting that you will earn commission off of, please let me know. Because I, I didn't want to impinge on his ability to earn because I had accomplished the one thing that I wanted when I came into that store. And so then I went and tried on one of their signature diamond crusted Panther bangles. Um, that was $89,000. And I'm like, okay, if I had a million dollars, I might buy this. But anyway, very pretty stuff. But the point being, if you find yourself 
feeling uncomfortable talking about money, if you find yourself feeling uncomfortable um, going in and, and feeling like it's worth your time to look at really nice things, to, to touch these things, just to have the experience to, to go in the store and take a look, then explore that. Dig deeper. Dig deeper. Allow yourself to see what that's about because money stories is one part of getting out of our thoughts and to get into a better headspace to grow the business that we want, to hit the level of success that we desire. Rather, that's low multi six, mid to high multi six, seven or multi seven figures. You get to decide what that success looks like, but whatever it is, it's much easier when you get these money stories out of the way and they're not subconsciously influencing your decisions and delaying your success. So I hope that you love this podcast episode. I wanted to let you know that applications are open for the Aligned and Expanding Mastermind. The Aligned and Expanding Mastermind is 12 months of group and hybrid one-on-one -on -one calls where I take you through a process of allowing you to release the beliefs, to become aware of the things that you didn't even know weren't there so that you can create the success that you want and to empower you in a way through consistency of action that you can carry this forward with you the rest of your life. And these things don't just influence your business. They don't just influence your money. They influence your relationships with yourself, with others. So this is the one mastermind where you get to take advantage of the you strategy. This is a you strategy business mastermind. It's not about scaling. It's not about funnels. It's not about marketing, content, branding. It's about you. Because when you tap into the full power of you, everything else in your business is just going to fall right into place. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Destiny. I would love to know what resonated most with you. So just take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at penny.chason and let me know what you thought. Also, if you head over to iTunes and you leave a positive review, it helps this podcast to help reach even more people making a difference elevating humanity and mankind.